Hey there, it's Colette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we want to blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have. Claudette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on our way to Super Momit, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time. Bridge smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high-five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right. Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with stories. Prior to today's episode on our hockey life, I took a little poll on InstaStory and asked who everyone's funniest hockey girlfriend was. Our next guest, Shona Strudwick, came up more than once, which didn't surprise me for a minute because she's on the top of my funniest people I've ever met list as well. This badass business owner and self-proclaimed onion of a woman has some crazy layers that make for hilarious conversations. Her handsome husband, Jason Strudwick, AKA The Night Train, played 674 NHL games in five NHL cities and has found his niche in broadcasting since retiring. They have settled into life in Edmonton with their three munchkins and we are jacked to share her with all of you. Shona, we love that you're joining us today. Welcome. Hey, Shona. Hi, Sex Bombs. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Oh, God. Any better? And I'd probably have to take something for it. <laughs> so, we, Shona, honestly, we don't even know where to start things off with you because there's just so much good shit. <laughs> So why don't we start I'm a bit of an onion? Yeah, exactly. Why don't we start with the fact that your throwback pictures and hashtags on social media are absolutely epic. <laughs> I feel like when you've got the background of growing up in a town of like a hundred people, we're probably sitting close to 98 or 99. Now my brothers and I have left, but <laughs> I, I feel like when you have the material of this small town life, and even though you're, Journey's kind of taking you on some pretty cool rides. You still, the material that you can pull out, especially in, in certain <laughs> environments, <laughs> it, 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 it makes for some good shock value, I will say. Oh my God, <laughs> totally. exactly. I You're feel like, like Charlotte's Web type style. Yeah. And, uh, have you seen like, that meme where it's like, oh, why are you so funny? It's like, well, the trauma helps. Like, it's like you have something <laughs> yeah. that like built you to be, be like <laughs> just raw and real and hilarious, right? Like it's so yeah, funny. Instead of trauma, mine is, um, well, the hillbilly route certainly didn't damper my stories that I can share in my, yeah, you know what, let's sit down and have a dip of snuff and talk about some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's always a good start. So where are you from? It's a little town, obviously, but where? Oh, the metropolis of Elk Mountain, Wyoming. Yeah. Sounds banging. So... Yeah, it is. There's a lot going on. We've got one paved road, so we've got that going for us. And, you know, you've got your senior citizen center that sits solid at about nine for lunch on a daily basis. And you've got your town hall. And, you know, dad's hung up the badge now, but my dad was the sheriff there for quite some time. His Uh nickname's Bones. And you could pretty well pull into town from anywhere and just ask where Bones lives and they would direct you in the house of 111 First Street. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is something. And honestly, you guys, like the entire state of Wyoming is less than a half a million people. So 
this tiny little town is literally kind of what Wyoming is made up of other than, of course, the fancy schmancy Beverly Hills of Wyoming and Jackson Hole. There you go. But, mm. Yeah. So you, so, and your activities growing up there, like you don't make this shit up. <laughs> like you were in the 4-H. Let's, can you just oh, yeah, tell us 4-H. about some of your prize, um, prizes, actually? <laughs> well, State I Fair think I wins. start off with the, the 4-H pledge, which is when you take this vow, if you're not serious about it, you're not going to remember it 40 years later. Right. Let's hear so it. So I pledge my head to greater thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service and my health to better living for my club, my community, my country, and my world. And you know what? That's kind of been the building blocks of my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and those are as great. I, we should all be in for it. As I stumbled through from swine. So, you know, I was I, very, a prize-winning hog shower. So I yeah. showed my hogs every year. <laughs> how many hogs and did you have? How many what? Hogs did you have? Well, on any given year, we usually had three. So there was one that I would raise, <laughs> one that my brother would typically raise until he got too cool for 4-H. His cool factor clicked in a little quicker than mine did. <laughs> we, t- we, um, could, we could tell from the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely what one would refer to as a late boomer. <laughs> and then we always had one that we butchered, which Ooh. now it's funny, like now there's this animal lover in me that looks back and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I actually, and in the one that you butcher, you actually send it to, to, for the carcass to get judged and you get judged on how lean the meat was. And it's called pork production. It it, it honestly. And that you were part of that too. You were like, all right, let's fatten this baby up just enough. And then, oh, you better believe it. And there was like a rhyme, there was a rhythm to it. Like you had to oof. feed it only like certain amount of cornmeal, and then it had to have like a certain amount of other grains. Jesus. It was they were these. It was like a there was an art to it. Oof, I love it. <laughs> so when did you move to the big city? Um. So after I graduated high school, um, there were twenty eight of us, and the choices typically in. Hannah is where we got bus to for grades seven through 12. You, you usually had one of three paths. You got the F out of Dodge. You got a degree in agriculture or you got a degree in education. And actually there was the fourth. You also got into meth and just kind of fell off the radar. <laughs> and, um, and you're I now living in the senior center. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You are not the only one without teeth. Only theirs are dentures and yours have just rotted out from your meth addiction. Um, so I chose get the F out of Dodge. And my parents, they didn't have enough money for, for me to go to college. I went to one semester and... Yeah, that's a whole nother episode, but, but I ended up leaving at the end of a, the first semester because I'd had my fill of college, I guess we'll say. Yeah. And um, then I decided I was just going to move to the East Coast. And I, you guys, I'd never been on an airplane, literally coming from like BFE, like it, it was, so I get on this airplane and I land in Newark, New Jersey with this man semi-balding with kind of a pedophile mustache standing, holding a sign saying Shona Johnson. And I was like, I've landed. Like, this is it. Here we go. Hello, New Jersey. You didn't so need braces to get that sign at the airport. You made it. What's that? You didn't need braces to get the sign at the airport. You made it. 
you better believe it. Listen, you know what? These buck teeth have gotten me a lot of places. Later <laughs> on down the road, I was able to afford myself the Invisalign. And you know what? I appreciated it a lot more. Chad's teeth are fucked up again. Like he didn't keep up with his retainer. That was a handout. You had <laughs> you to earn, earn it. That you do. You have to earn it. <laughs> So and Kenny the- still stuffed his with his Copenhagen, so it doesn't really matter. You can't see his teeth anyways. Perfect. So why New Jersey? Uh, that was w- one of the only places that would actually take me as having not... This agency that I went through, because I was just 18 and I'd never actually gone formally and nannied. I always loved kids, even in our okay. tiny little town. Yeah. Um, I was like the babysitter and child whisperer. I would go over and... and play with kids. And I just always loved kids and the youthfulness and playfulness of being around kids. And so this family took a chance on me, Dave and Andrea Hirschfeld. And I'm still in touch with them to this day. She was pregnant with twins at the time Mm -hmm. and had a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And they just needed somebody who could come and kind of help man the fort. So I was with them for four years, just over four years. And so that was my second kick at the can because one of my fun facts that I forgot to put was I am a three-time college dropout. Congratulations. You know know what? Thank you. It's not every day that you meet someone who fails three times at something because usually you quit after once. That's not failing. No, it's learning. It's learning. Yeah. (laughs) Learning to not learn. (laughs) You were life learning. You were life learning. (laughs) I was I didn't need a traditional degree. I was getting a PhD in life. That's right. I feel like my kids are going to listen to this and be like, well, you thought it was great that Shona did it. (laughs) I'll be like, shit. Yeah. I was talking to Shona. She was able to get her own invisible you guys. That's right. (laughs) So you started working for them and- uh, Is that, so four years? Sorry, Kodat. Four years you said with them? Okay. Just over four years. And then while I was there, I'd always had this, and I- when I say I was in theater school in, or went to like was in drama and stuff in high school, bear in mind, grade seven through 12, there was 124 kids in this school. So if you wanted to be in the play, you can bet your sweet ass, you're going to, you're going to make the play. (laughs) So I always had loved sort of theatrics and stuff like that. So Dave and Andrea encouraged me to, they said, just apply to this. There's this incredible, um, theater and film Academy in, uh, New York called the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute mm-hmm. and they encouraged me to apply. So I applied and I actually got in and I um, studied there for 18 months and absolutely loved it and really took to, I loved improv and I loved everything about it. So yeah. then I didn't know that about I you. Left. Obviously, I mean, I've known you for a while, really? but I, I mean, I had always assumed that you, sh- well, actually I always thought you should be an actress or a comedian and do stand up, but I didn't realize you had formal training. Yeah. So that, that. and that's where I kind of found a bit of this fire in my belly for the first time where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really fun. This is so fun. And I get to kind of, cause I was always a little bit different. Like there, I always kind of didn't care what people thought. And I always kind of was maybe the asshole in the crowd that would say something where you either laughed or people were like, Oh my God, I can't believe that just came out of her mouth. Um, I think that and, might still hold true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is one quality that has remained genuine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we love it. We yeah, love so, you for it. Oh, gosh. So then from there, I left with them. The kids were going into kindergartens all day there. So I went there and then kind of simultaneously got another nanny job and 
did some more acting and dabbling and, and yeah, got a call from a family in Chicago asking if I would go work for the sleep train, this baby for this, um, really amazing Chicago based family at their home in Aspen for three months. And so I took that and then it landed me back in Chicago for that last month. And then they said, okay, well, will you stay forever and until ever? the Christmas time? <laughs> and then Christmas time turned into, well, will you stay till the end of the school year? And then school years, they said, will you just come back till Christmas? Well, at that last one where they said, will you come back till Christmas? I had committed to doing a tour of the vagina monologues on Eastern, in Eastern <laughs> Canada. And so... I went and I said, I can, but I'm doing the vagina monologues in like St. John's and all of these little, I don't even remember all the name of the little towns we went through, but it was like a week long tour that we did in these small theaters. And so they're like, no problem. Well, then I get, get ready and I get back from Get that. your vagina ready. Off you go. <laughs> I get my vagina ready. Dust the bird off. Little bird bath, if you will. Never want to go anywhere with a dirty vagina. So we, um... I, I met Jason in the meantime. We had kind of wow. met, and I was so kind in of Chicago. To that like was this guy. Yeah, in Chicago. In Chicago yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he's playing for just, the Blackhawks at the time. He was playing for the Blackhawks, and we'd been introduced, and we'd talked on the phone. Honestly, you guys, for probably six weeks before we met face to face. Maybe only a month. So who introduced you? Month, we'll who say. introduced you? How does that happen? Tyson Nash and his mm. wife, Kathy, mm-hmm. were friends with this girl named Tracy, who actually has this bananas company now called Sports in the Arts. And one of the artists she was working with at the time phoned, um, phoned Tyson and Kathy, and they were doing a photo shoot with, with Nasher and Kathy and their kids. And so then Trace said, oh, I'm going to buzz off to Chicago and see a friend of mine and Nasher was like, oh, we have a friend there. We should introduce them. And Tracy was like, "Ah, well, you know, I don't know if this girl would be like somebody's, like a hockey player's type. She's a little bit of a redneck, kind of, you know, a little rough around the edges. She grew up with brothers, so she's a little craft. Like some of the stuff that comes out of her mouth. (laughs) That sounds like a perfect match for a hockey player. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and little did I know. So then the funny thing is, so she tells me about him and I'm like, I don't want to date a professional athlete. Are you crazy? Like, just give me a manager from Burger King. Like, I'm good. Like, I just low maintenance here. Let's, yeah. I don't want to have to, you know, put mascara on. So we, yeah, so they set us up and he didn't want to meet me because he thought I was moving from LA and he thought I was one of those girls. Okay. And um, that was high maintenance. Which Boy, was, he, now. was he in for a rude awakening? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he probably wishes he had one now. <laughs> I doubt it. No. <laughs> and so you guys met yeah, in Chicago. So, That's crazy. So then you courted yeah. kind of over the phone for quite a while. And then when did you meet face to face? Super Bowl weekend. He was coming in off the road and he's like, you know what? I just, enough is enough. We got to see each other face to face. I'm like, well, let's meet somewhere then. And he's like, how about this place called Stanley's? I'm like, Stanley's? I know Stanley's. I've been going to Stanley's like live band karaoke with my girlfriend and I've been performing there for years. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I just stand up there in my karaoke with my bush guitar all the time. Um, so we met there and yeah, it was literally like we hit it off right away. And then we were there together for three years. It took the guy six weeks to kiss me though. Ooh, we met weeks. in 2002. Okay. 
Six, really? Like we started talking on the phone December of 2002. And then when we met face to face, it was January of 2003. And then uh, six weeks from then? then he, like, yeah, then uh, he kissed, like it took him that long to like kiss me. And I finally said to one of his, his friend, Burke, Burke Henry, oh, was he ever a sight for stories? He, um, yeah, Panny Melter. You know nice. what, Burke, if you're out there, I hope you found a good one. Um, a player, he's a player that, Jason, is he a play, he's a yeah. player? Yeah. He, he was, so, and safe I Safe to say one of the hottest. Hmm. Oh God, he was so hot. We'll yeah, have to Google anyway, him. And he was young, just young and adorable. But I said to him, I'm like, I don't think this guy likes me. Like he hasn't tried to kiss me. I, I fully risky businessed it last week. I brought him back to my place. I had the white button down. <laughs> Yeah, questionable whether there were panties under there or <laughs> yeah. not, but I, you know, like it was for him to find out. Right. Gave me the old stiff arm hug and off he went. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> so yeah, eventually I cornered him at uh, you just Avernon took- Rush. I met him outside the washroom and just laid one on him. I'm like, somebody's got to throw on a oh. pair of balls here. So you did it. <laughs> he didn't kiss you. I you kissed him. Told- oh, I fully, I literally was waiting. When you go, have you ever been to Tavernon Rush in Chicago? Nope. Okay, well, the bathroom's downstairs, so it's right in that, it's right around the corner from <laughs> Sutton Place. So dark And there's, you go down, the, or it's right across the street, actually, from Sutton Place <laughs> entrance, and you go, you literally have to go downstairs. So I was waiting on the second step up. He came around the corner, and I grabbed him around the neck and just laid one on it. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay, so I'm, that just, was it. I'm just Googling Burke Henry right now. So We're it, looking up Burke. Um, Bridge, he's got, like, the jawline you really like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He does. She, he's yeah. got nice eyes, mm-hmm. light eyes, oh, light eyes, guys, dark hair. I, like when I say panty melter, every single person that like, so when Jason and I started dating, every friend of mine was like, who's that Burke Henry? I'm like, right? <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, it looks like he, uh, <laughs> it looks like he got married and they got a little white dog and yeah. He looks happy, you know, Shona. For, he, you know, she he looks super that. happy. Every amount of happiness. Good. <laughs> so he should be. Super any, happy. <laughs> any other any other babes that Jason played with that were um, taking your panties off in your mind? Well, none of them took my panties off. I better clear that up. He's going to be like, "Whoa!" Okay, wait. Whoa, let's say that again. Back, let's back, back that up. Okay. Better <laughs> back that bus up. Okay. Did Jason have any um, other teammates that you thought were super hot? Well, I feel like the kind of easy choice there that I feel like you'd be hard pressed to find one that didn't agree, but he's almost too pretty for me is Hanky Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, agreed. He's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And agreed. his wife is equally as gorgeous, which made it kind of tough because it was always like, Ooh, I'd almost rather take her down. Like she, is she ever hot. <laughs> I've never met him, but I do agree. I, he looks like he could just be a model. Yeah. Like when he Marble does interviews, Roman, yeah, like, he, he needs like, to be on the cover of every GQ. Mm. And he's, we've yeah, got mutual so friends. Charming. Is he? Oh, we need to like so that. charming and so nice. And he just, he always has that smile on his face. Mm. And so, yeah, but Therese, maybe because of his wife, that's probably why she oh, puts the smile there. She puts the smile there. You better believe it. She is just a smoke show herself. But there was one picture of them. They'd gone to something fancy in New York and there was a picture of them. And I, I literally, I was like, Oh my God, look like who's hotter. It, yeah. it is. They're one of those couples where they're literally just. You just can't handle. They're it. an equal. Like they're both just a solid twelve. That's I awesome. love it. Do you have any um, like a crazy hockey story for us? Or like a just crazy, some, yeah. I don't know. Like a, I feel like Edmi- I feel like your Edmonton days were probably. I feel like you the Edmonton years like when you were there were pretty pretty interesting. There was always some good. <laughs> par- there was always some good parties. I feel like. 
I missed that phase oh. of, of Edmonton, but I feel like before I was the there. The team parties we had, oh my gosh. And Mike Comrie's dad always rented his house out to one of the guys. And I'll tell you what, right now, if those walls could talk, <laughs> we baby Jesus, that house would melt. Like some of the stuff that shook out in there, but there was, I, I remember one, one team party there. We were, I don't remember. I feel like it was Halloween because for some reason. Oh, it's always Halloween. It <laughs> Halloween is the best, oh, the best team parties. Well, I, I feel like it was a different stage in my life where I would have been wearing like the glow in the dark edible necklace for a different reason. So I feel like this was probably costume. So, but it was, so we're all dancing there and one of Jason's teammates and, and I'll, I'll just leave everyone unnamed That's for fair. now. That's but fair. Please do. Yeah. Decide that they want to wrestle. Mm. and so it, it's and this poor dj like we've already given him extra money to stay extra late and he, the poor guy is literally like seeing stuff that people shouldn't see and we're like okay we're gonna i guess we're gonna do this and so people started wrestling and it was like then we thought we were in a pool and so people we were doing like <laughs> so you're saying people wrestling. so the guys and the girls are wrestling oh yeah it was like this full and not in like a sexual <laughs> way it yeah. actually was like, like like it wasn't swinging wrestling. Yeah. Like I'm not talking underground sex <laughs> yeah. show. I'm literally, it was like bona fide WWE, get your buckle and your blonde wig and let's get it on. <laughs> like it was so good. Did anyone and, walk away injured? Um, yes. And the funniest thing is, is then when we were leaving, um, the couple that lived there, like a huge group of us were like, everybody take something on your way out, oh which was like a party trick that we used to do <laughs> elsewhere. And so Kitchen like, one of them took, it was, it was one of them did take a bar stool and hit it in the chair or in the tree out in front of the house. I can't even imagine what these people, like their neighbors thought, but one of them, one of, one of us took their huge wedding picture oh, no. and then somebody else, took um like one of the kids school backpacks they had school age kids and then they so they were sending all these texts around saying listen we need this back we got to get this back but the wedding picture they so the next team party where it was just the wives the guys were on the road had this wives party (laughs) everybody came over and I had their wedding picture on my mantle. <laughs> and so then it became the game that year that oh. everyone would just feel shit and you had to you you had to actually find it. So it was never like it it you could never return it on its own right. It had to be found. Yeah. Oh, oh God, that's, that's it was amazing. so good. Like that was that's, solid a, shit. that's a yeah. fun one. I like that one. Yeah, because it's like it's harmless, but it's just hilarious, yeah. right? Like it's just fun. Well, and who even thinks of that? Like one of the guys, and it was one of the young oh. single guys. He's like, "We should take shit and run." I'm like, "Let's take shit and run." <laughs> Everyone, great. grab something. Everybody, do it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, this is better than cow tipping. Come on, I'm in. <laughs> so let's just switch gears for a little minute here. Tell us how two women, yourself and your sister-in-law, who had never been pregnant or had any retail background, come to open a maternity store and freaking crush it. By the way. Okay. So I, like when I said no retail experience, I was a cashier at Walmart. So I did right. have like a little because, bit of retail And tell us experience. why again, tell us why you wanted to be a cashier at, re- at Walmart. 
I've always, as a kid, I'd always had like this crazy infatuation with the scanner. I wanted to scan shit. Like that was the bottom line. I wanted to scan shit. And so then I as, graduated from, what's that? I was going to say, so then as an adult, you're like, yeah, I'm now going to open a store. I'm and ready. I'm ready all for day this. Long. You can scan it Send some inventory in. Well, and the worst is we didn't even have a scanner. Like it's a dart, like it's just this laser gun. I'm like, well, that sucks. Let's get a cash register and one of those belts with the scan tag. Like, let's do that. Let's really do it. It was out of our budget though. Yeah. So then what? So yeah. And we just decided, you know what? We were both at that age and kind of in a position and situation in our lives where we thought Jason's hockey career was done because he ended up. Um, it was the year actually that we'd gotten married and he had a two year deal on the table with the Islanders and his agent was like, just go on your honeymoon. We'll get it signed when you get back. Well, then Neil Smith got fired. And so that deal that was Neil Smith was the, was that his name? He was the GM of the Islanders, whoever had done this deal. And Mm -hmm. so we lost this deal. And so Jason ended up signing in Switzerland at the end of that summer. So when he left, I was like, okay, this is the end. So Tara and I were like, let's start a business. And what year we was that then? Because I remember the- Okay. Yeah. And so she starts looking at, because she knows the city better than me. She was like, I'm going to go start looking for spaces. And she started trying to figure out where the best location was going to be. She started grinding on all kinds of stuff, like just doing all the work on, okay, let's figure this out. And so then both of us were emailing lines and trying to get lines and we didn't realize how you buy in terms of seasonal things. So we were actually had kind of screwed ourselves in, in terms of the timeline we wanted to open the store because we'd already missed out on buying season for something else. So then that was kind of that. So then we ended up going to, um, I left and moved to sweet or to Switzerland for that first little bit. And then, we came back and Tara had found the place and signed the lease and we had whatever we could in terms of merchandise coming in and we just did it. We bit the bullet. She was working as um, a rep for a company. And so we just kind of made it work for that first little bit. And then what's crazy is at the end of that year, Jason ended up signing back with the Rangers from Switzerland and then signed another year with the Rangers after Uh that. So right when when you've decided to, Jump into your own career. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Take something for yourself. So we were already connected before we had met. So I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but when I was pregnant with Ryder, um, Sophie O'Sullivan, who was um, one of your teammates and then became my teammate, she bought me um, a few things from your store. And one of them was a blanket and it um, became Ryder's favorite blanket. It was his favorite. It was I his favorite. Her. Do you remember yes. when I was trying, I was like, Sophie, can you, where did you get that blanket? Like, and she's like, oh, yes. from my friend's store. I'm like, you got to ask her for another one. Like this thing is worn out. It's gross. It's disgusting. And then, but at that point they'd, uh, they'd stop making those. And then, so I ended up having to call, um, I called like every baby boutique in the U S looking for this blanket. <laughs> and I finally found one. Cause the one that I got from your store was one side plush, one side satin. And so I found yeah. one at a store, a baby boutique in New Jersey, and it was double-sided plush, but the same make, like the same color, the same plush. So I had her send it to me and then I had a seamstress split it in half and put satin on each side. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> but like you and I had already oh. had like a connection because like the hockey world is so small, right? And so, um, yeah, we had awesome. already kind of, but then we didn't meet till a few years later. 
I know. Well, and I, you know, what's funny is I, she, when I remember when Sophie was buying it, she's like, it's for one of my best friends. And she just had this, the sun and, and she loves this blanket and we got to get another one. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, I literally like, I can't even. And she's like, and you know what? You'd love her. You'd actually love her. I'm like, well, if you love her, I love her. Yeah. I love her already. Let's, this Let's is do perfect. It. Which is one of those amazing things about this world. I of this, of hockey and yeah. man, the connections and just I agree. the friendships that are fostered along the way because of sometimes good things, sometimes bad things, but you're meant to sort of cross tabs yeah, regardless. Exactly. And like you said, if you love her, I love her. I felt that way too. I had never met, I had never met you. Effie was with you in Chicago and kept talking about Shona Strudwick, Shona, like, well, you weren't Strudwick then, but Shona, Shona all the time. And then we finally met at Rob Niedermeyer's wedding and we were like, yes, yes it's finally happening. Or, no, you know where we met the first time, sister? Was it Brad Mays during that lockout year? I don't. Weren't you and no. were you and Ray there, or was that just Todd Neffy? That might have just been them. That, I wasn't. No, I wasn't there. Talk about another fun hockey story. <laughs> we were having luggage cart races at the Fairmont. In oh my god, I forgot about that too. We were on luggage carts, and they <laughs> the guys were pushing us through the hotel on luggage carts. Like, who does that? Grown adults. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> adults do. So then, then one of, and then another good friend of mine just with our connections, uh, Emily Cole moves to Edmonton. And I remember I got a call from you and you're like, all right, do I need to reach out to this one? Like, do I need to be friends with her? And I was like, hell yes, you do. So, and I'm not sure if this is when you actually, you maybe met her at a game prior, but can you, can you just share the story about when she picked you up at your house for a game? So poor Emily (laughs) is, I'm not very modest, especially when it comes to my girlfriends. I feel like we've all got the same junk in our trunk. Some are a little more dented than others. Like (laughs) some of us are maybe hairier. Everybody's got their jam, but at the end of the day, we've all got the same equipment. So who really cares? Some are enhanced. Some could be enhanced. Like we're all good. We're all beautiful in our own right. So Emily comes over and I don't really, Bridge gave, you gave me a few pointers on M. You're like, you know what? She's, she's a little bit conservative. She definitely isn't like a huggy. She's not super big into affection. Yeah. Like don't touch her really. (laughs) Just don't touch her. So, (laughs) but she's a freaking riot, (laughs) but she is a riot and she will be literally the most loyal friend you'll ever have. And so (laughs) I actually forgot about this. Oh my God. She called and I said to her, I'm like, the front door will be open. Just come in. And I probably had a towel on. I think I had, hadn't cut my hair all off then. So I probably had a few more strands of hair. So I think I had a towel on my head, but I was literally buck naked. No, I might've actually even still been in the shower. <laughs> I was still in the shower and she came in and she's like, Oh God. Oh God. I'm like, what is it? She's like, <laughs> what well, happened? Just, I, she's like, what, what, what? You're, you're not, you're in the shower. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just sit in here and talk to me. She didn't want to sit in there and talk to me, which I was like, Oh my God, there's your first fault. Like, come on, <laughs> this is sisterhood. Like we're I in can this imagine together. Discomfort. Oh, such discomfort. And so then I get out of the shower and I probably put my hair in a towel and then, you know, dust it off just a little dried off just slightly. Cause you want your skin moist when the lotion goes on. <laughs> so then I'm just getting dressed and she's like, well, what is that? I'm like, what's what? You're not supposed to look at me. You're uncomfortable right now. <laughs> 
she's like, well, what's that on your boob? I'm like, oh, well, that I have, that's a half a move tattoo. You see, I started, I had this beautiful tattoo from my Jersey Shore days. I got drunk and woke up with a tattoo of two dolphins swimming on my breast. And it's only partially removed right now because, well, we left Chicago and I haven't really found a laser guy and it doesn't really, it's, it's gone enough to where now it just looks like perhaps a bruise, which <laughs> I don't Massive know who gets punched in the this boob. Is, it was <laughs> like this. Yeah, and it's on By my way, I'm putting like my hand that. across my boob for Kodat so she can see how big it was. <laughs> Mural. So she sees this tattoo and she's like, who gets a tattoo there? I'm like, well, you know what? It's like, it's fine. Like, you just look at it. Like, you can tell what it, she's like, I don't want to look at it. I'm like, well, you've already looked at it. And so it, she was just so uncomfortable with A, that I was naked, with B, that I had this half a move tattoo, and I can't even remember. Well, it was bothering, I do remember that she said it was bothering her because she was, an, she was a New York state trooper. And so she thought you had a massive bruise. And I think in her mind right away, she's told me this, she was like, that it was she domestic. thought that, yeah, it was like domestic. And she's like, oh my God, he's hitting her. <laughs> and so that's why she was but like, what's on your boob? I'd love to see Jason try but to hit he- you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you talk to him so fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then there was something, and I can't remember what it was, but there was something she said to me to allude to that. And I was like, oh God, no, like this is legit. Like this, re- I'll show you the picture. Like this really was a very bright blue with black outline, <laughs> two dolphins, like an oceanic mural. Like it was some kind of wonderful. Like I promise you, there's nothing shady going on. This guy, other than on the ice, does not hit people. Like, yeah. I promise. Like, yeah. no, no. Way. Yeah. So, Shona, no. I always love to hear your story. Um, it gives me absolute chills. Um, you know, like, and it's clear that there's nothing boring or conventional about you. Um, are you guys, are you open to sharing how you and Jason started your journey towards being parents? Oh, my God, of course. Because it's um, my favorite good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we were in the saddle for probably five years, just riding whenever you can in the pasture, in the backyard, like just, you know, doing what you do and keeping it clean in case one day one of the moms hear this. So, you know, just, um, doing what you do. Pulling the goalie and trying to. Yeah. Goalie was pulled. We didn't even have defense on the ice. Like we were all forwards, like just (laughs) taking shots. (laughs) And so we get to a point where things hadn't really happened. And so we're like, okay, let's just get tested. And initially it looked like there was something wrong with Jason. And so the poor guy, I was buying him flowered gap boxers and he was such a trooper. He was wearing them and probably just being accosted in the dressing room. But, um, I told him, I'm like, you can't ride the bike anymore. He's like, Shona, that's actually part of like training camp. my job. Yeah. I'm like, well, just uh, tell him you can't. He's like, well, it doesn't for sure. He just lied to me, which thank God. Cause I was batshit crazy looking back. But, um, so we get to a point where, uh, we decide we're moving forward in our first year in New York. We moved forward with IVF. And so, um, tens of thousands of dollars later, you get kicked in the teeth because the insurance hadn't kicked in yet with the NHL PA. They didn't cover any IVF at the time. Mm. So, um, it's changed since it's changed changed now. Uh, They'll now pay up to four rounds, which is literally amazing because depending on where you are, it's anywhere between 12 and 25 grand a session or I mean, a a, a cycle. Wow. I didn't know that. I love that. 
Yeah, honestly, it's it's crazy how much it's changed because I yeah. think it's also become so much more. It's just more prevalent Common. now. Yeah, I think. yeah, it totally. really is. Um, so we went through it. First round failed. And what was kind of crappy and also not smart on our parts was everyone we knew that had gone through IVF. That was their meal ticket. Everyone we knew that had gone through IVF ended up pregnant at the end of it. So. We didn't even really think it was going to be any different outcome. We just assumed, all right, this is it. We're going to go mm-hmm. to do IVF and then we're going to have a we're baby. baby. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work out that way. So we didn't get pregnant. We were both devastated. And we had told everyone that we were doing IVF. So then you go through the telling of, you know, everyone it didn't right. work. It didn't work. So then we go through that. Then at the end of that cycle, we come back to Canada for this summer. We go to this private clinic in Vancouver and because in Alberta, in Edmonton, there was not the clinic. You had to actually get put on a wait list, kind of similar to all of the healthcare. You have to wait to be referred Mm -hmm. and, and that. And so fortunately we were in a position where we could afford to go and, and go to a private clinic where we could just wheel in and start the next round. So we did the next round again, failed. It didn't work. We did another round. I did two back to back rounds. Wow. So how so many we rounds before you how many rounds before you? you decided to so take the I next step? I had four fresh rounds of mm-hmm. IVF. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of and then we'd started a fifth and I wasn't even stimulating. Like the doctor in Vancouver said, Shona, I could literally take money from you until you were blood dry. He said, mm-hmm. Your 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 body's not responding. You're literally and I was in what was called premature menopause. So my body was literally thought it was going into menopause. So I wasn't, I didn't have any, my follicle stimulating hormone was so high. I wasn't producing eggs that had any type of fertility to them. So then we, he said, you know, I think we need to either move into egg donor or adoption, I think are going to be your two best um, options. And so you mourn this loss of something that you feel you're going to be so lost without in terms of having a a child that is biologically connected to you. And, um, and so it was kind of that, okay, well, this is, this is where we're at. And so we sat with it for a long time. You know, you get your proper therapy and pay those dollars in to make your mind clear. And we just decided we were like, okay, you know what? I would like to experience pregnancy. So let's kind of, put an oar in both waters. Let's look at adoption and then let's also look at egg donor and see what it is. And at the time you couldn't do anonymous egg donor in um, Canada Mm -hmm. or in in Alberta for sure. So we were, uh, we were driven to a, or pointed in the direction of a a clinic in Seattle that worked really closely with both the clinic here and the clinic that we were, had been at in Vancouver. So it just made sense. So we go to this clinic, you have to go through this entire psychoanalysis both Jason and I, and the team here was amazing. I have to say Daryl and his entire coaching and um, like key players in the organization knew what we were going through and were unbelievable because the appointment date that we got was right at the beginning of training camp. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Jason needed, he need, literally needed to be gone for a full day. And so they were like, go. And so I have to say like in terms of, again, the the hockey life and how as much as it can be a business, there is also those times where these organizations come shining through on a supportive. Yeah. It's, I love to hear that. They really are human, you know, beneath it all. They're human and and they do. 
and they care. And so yeah. he was like, this is important. And, and it was all of them from Craig McTavish to Kevin Lowe, all of them were so on board. It was Tambellini at the time. Everyone was so incredibly That's uh, so supportive good. of Jason. And, so well, we left and we go to Pardon. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's so important because I mean, you, it, it's, a, it's such a stress for us. Like, you know, we always want hockey to come first, right? Like we're like, Oh no, like we don't want to step on exactly. any toes. Right. Like we don't want and your guy to be one, yes. the one to be standing out that he's not there. Yeah. Well, and you don't want to be that the girl that is selfless or selfish in what you've kind of signed up to be a semi selfless position yeah. in the role of this person's supporter, like you're yep. in their corner yep. doing the best you can to support them on this journey. And so you don't want to be that guy that's pulling yeah. him away or distracting him in any way. Right. So, so you guys, we went. Yeah. And at the same time, then, so then at the same, not to jump ahead, I, I want to, I yeah. want to keep you going, but so at the same time you had gotten the egg donor, you were also walking down the road of adoption. We were. So we were doing everything. We had gone in on a weekend. You have to do this weekend seminar um, that through Alberta Adoption Services to just give you kind of the eye of the storm on the downsides to it and the potential challenges that lie ahead with it. They, they kind of, you know what they do is they lay out scenarios to challenge you mm-hmm. to let you know it may not be a smooth road, right. um, which Emo- I think is so incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. So then we we get to Seattle. We go through this whole analysis, and so he leaves his his deposit there, and then that stays there because, especially with his career, he can't be flying back and forth. And so that's why we'd chosen this, um, this clinic too. Is they had it set up to where for people with careers where they were traveling a lot, because my schedule had to be pretty bang on. Once I started going down the road of this my schedule was manipulated based on what my body was doing. So right. I couldn't have there be any type of fluctuation on, well, could Jason join me? Could he not? Right. You had so to drop everything. They leave firm samples there and then it just stays there. So then we, we went through and we chose CP 37 or whatever it is. And you, you literally go through and you kind of, for me, I wanted somebody that based on their dossier that, that you get to read, you wanted somebody who was, and they, the counselors there also try and do a personality match. And so oh. I said to them, I said, you know what? I have a really, my glass is half full. I have a re- I've always lived this life of sort of optimism and I'm upbeat and I'm happy. And I don't want somebody who's a dud. Like I need, so if you met someone who's kind of got similar short, dark hair, mm-hmm. blue eyes, you know, right. um, flapjack ass is, wouldn't be the worst <laughs> yeah. thing. Like throw her my way, like point me in that direction. And right. so they did. And, and so we chose this donor and then they mixed it in a Petri dish with Jason's sperm. And then I got to go to the clinic and yeah. So to speed it along, long story short, we got pregnant with twins the first round and we were over the moon. We called the adoption agency, said we wanted to go off the list. We're pregnant. We lost one at nine weeks. We lost one at 11 weeks. Uh-oh. And again, like Another. who would have ever thought we'd never been pregnant. So we just, why wouldn't it work? We yeah. would have never prepped ourselves for that outcome. So then, and this, uh, I lost the second one on Seco de Mayo of, May, of 2010. And so then we had two frozen embryos left from that donor round. And that was it. Those were the only ones we had two left that were of a good enough quality to freeze. And so that next season started and I said to Jason, I said, you know what, 
we're back on the adoption list. It took us three months to get back on the adoption list. I said, we're back on the adoption list. Let's go. I'll meet my parents in Seattle just before Christmas. I'll get these two embryos put in. Then that ship has sailed. We know that I've tried every possible mm-hmm. thing imaginable to carry a baby. Um, I started doing acupuncture and all this stuff to kind of prep it. And then, yeah, so those Marley and her other one got thrown in on the 16th of December of 2010. And one of them didn't take. And we got a call at the end. We told everybody at five months pregnant that we were pregnant. Jason wrote on the board is this will mean something to you for the listeners. There's It's when something, whether you play your own team, but he wrote a thousand dollars on the board and before the game, last game of the season at home. And everybody was like, what are you doing? And he's like, this is for our kids. Shona and I are having a baby. Uh And yeah. And so then Patty G, who you know, Codette, he shot a text to me and said, the guys know. And so then I lifted up my sweatshirt and I had a t-shirt on that pointed an arrow down and said future oiler and told the girls Uh we're having a baby. We're finally pregnant, blah, blah, blah. So then, um, season ends, we decide we're going to go on this quick baby moon. Marley's due in August. We don't know what she is, but, or no, she's due in early September. We call the agency on Friday, April 14th. We tell them, you know what? We are pregnant. It's I'm five months along. All the testings come back. It's a viable pregnancy. We think we should go off the list. And this is in South Carolina. And our lawyer there said, you know what? Until you have a baby in your hands, you don't have to do that. And we said, no, but you know what? Ethically and morally, we have a baby coming. It's not fair to the other families waiting. We just, mm-hmm. this is what we feel. No, take the weekend. We fly to Hawaii Friday or Sunday, wake up Monday morning to a call. Hi, y'all. Jim Thompson here in South Carolina. I think you need to call me. <laughs> so I go running down to the gym because my keener husband's already working out at 5 a.m. Hawaii time. And it's 9 or 10 o'clock, whatever it would be back in South Carolina. I think it's four hours later from Hawaii. So go running down and screaming to Jason, we have a baby, we have a baby. He's like, you're having the baby. I'm like, no, no, I'm not having the baby. We have a baby in South Carolina. And I'm bawling. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? So we go down, sit along the beach talked to Jim. Baby boy was born Friday afternoon after the courts had closed. Birth mom had 16 portfolios to look at. She chose us. Social worker went to her, told her that we had actually called in and we're having, we were pregnant. And she said, I don't care. I want them to have this boy. Uh, and it gives me goosebumps. we booked a flight to Canada, bought a car seat and flew to South Carolina on a cannonball run. And Basically bought everything Target had to offer and whatever would fit in the cart in our rental car. And Marley was born four months later. So that's the story of the two of them. And then <sighs> nine months later on a wing and a prayer and one shot in the dark, literally, um, I was pregnant with round three of our three little babies who found their way to us in different ways. It is incredible. The story is amazing. (laughs) The way all the pieces come together. And again, there's nothing conventional about either one of you. And then, so wasn't it at one point you had three kids under the age of two? Was it We had all three kids in 22 months. Yeah. We had all three kids literally almost in bucket seats. Like it was semi embarrassing. I was like, and you I'm know, gonna make this minivan cool. And you know, yeah, you did. Yep. You, I, I was there, and you got you that season when you got your uh, minivan, or you guys were done. But so then, just to be clear, though, so Drew was just—he's he, your third. He's our third, and, and totally just you weren't supposed to get pregnant. Naturally got pregnant. Yeah. You just naturally got pregnant. One shot. Like you were one not supposed to get pregnant like that. Weeks. 
No, God, no. It's crazy. And, and what's even crazier is it's oftentimes it happens where with traditional IVF, once your body gets pregnant, it kind of starts the engines again. But I was in menopause. I literally, but I swear to God, a lot of the other sort of Western medicine type stuff and Eastern medicine mixed with it. Like I was doing, I was growing my own wheatgrass and doing wheatgrass shots. I, yeah. if there was a crazy person out there, it was me. I was doing <laughs> so, yeah, everything doing anyone everything. told me and to. And the fact that you kept on with it, because I've got friends too, that people go through it and it's, it's a difficult thing to deal with. You try mm-hmm. your, I mean, you're trying your whole life. First, you try mm-hmm. to abstain, right. then you're trying not to get pregnant forever. Right. And you just assume as yeah. soon as you get off birth control, you're going to have this baby. And you're going to get pregnant. Does, you're yeah. pregnant. Like, and, Why you wouldn't know, I? And, and for you, it was like you were the one who was the nanny for so long. You had a maternity <sighs> store and it was like just so natural for you to have kids. And I can only imagine how frustrating it is when you're not getting pregnant and not keeping it. And um, so like, it's just amazing. Your story, honestly, is just one of my favorites. And I love sharing it. And I love that like you you embrace it all. Like, I just love the way you are about them. Like I remember when I came to your house in Edmonton and you had just gotten back from the zoo with all three kids because that's what you do. You're crazy. And, um, (laughs) you know, you'd taken all three to the zoo and you'd ran into an old friend and she was like, Shona, like, how does it feel to finally have one of your own? And you lost it. Uh Like you were like, they're all my own. They're all my own. And I love when yeah, you post- I'll never forget that. I was yeah. so pissed. You were so pissed. And like, and I love, cause you'll post a picture of Kane and you'll be like, he looks just like me. And I'm like, fuck yeah, he does. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's just, I love that. And I love that about you because they are your kids. Like there's mm-hmm. no other way to look at it. Like they're yours. They're all your own. Exactly. And that's, I think that is, and you know what? Comments like that I know are not meant to come across, but they're not they're malicious. Be or malicious. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But there's such lack of thought in sometimes Mm -hmm. things people say. And, and, and so that is why I've always been very, and it was curt in the beginning, for sure. Mm -hmm. I was like, beg your pardon. And I'd say, actually, you know what, that is something that someone in my position doesn't want to hear because they're all three, my kids. And how dare you discount and take away and make the other two less than because they don't share my DNA. That's yeah. if Kane and Marley were standing here, how do you think they would feel? No, yeah. totally. And, and I try yeah. to put it in and spin it to where they get it. But and I love yeah, that because yeah, you got them all. You got them all in different ways, but like they're still all yours, oh. you know. And, and can you imagine it, you not having those three? Like you, you no had way. to go no. through all of that to lead you to these these three beautiful kids. And so I was telling Bridge exactly. I was telling Bridge, like, as soon as I, so from the retreat this year, I landed back in Calgary and I went right to Easton's hockey game and I'm sitting there watching his game and I'm like, who are we playing against? Like, we need to check that guy's birth certificate. Like, who is this kid? He is massive. There's no way. And cause like Easton's a big kid. He's always the tallest. He's always like the tank, like whatever. There's this kid skating around. I'm like, no fucking way. He's the same age. And then I see the back of his jersey, Strudwick. And I was like, there's like, Kane. Yeah. So Kane. I sent I sent Shona this picture and it, you can see the back of Easton's jersey and you can see the back of um, Kane's jersey. So it's like LaBarbera yeah, and Strudwick. She sent me that picture. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. But it was just so funny. and so I, random. I was like, okay, this is It was. Hilarious. And obviously Shona, that weekend at the retreat, your name came up because we were missing you. And I know you wanted to be there too, but we got to get Next you there. Next year, honestly, I I, I'm going to, I am going to be there. This is, and I actually even talked to M the weekend of the retreat. I called M. I'm like, oh, you dirty rat bastard. We should be there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I know, but this is a tough year for me too. Cause yeah. I was graduating right, exactly. and they were looking at schools and 
So I was like, all right, well, we got to, yeah, we got to make it happen. But I have, I have bad news. If I make it down there, there is going to be a train off the rails. That is for damn sure. (laughs) Well, we can't wait. (laughs) We'll have the airbags ready for safety measure. (laughs) We need to have the IV company that comes over and rehydrates you. No problem. That's what we need. I might need to to check into a facility when I get back to Calgary. (laughs) Do any of your kids have your personality? Or are there any moments Um, that you've like heard yourself in them? Are you there yet? When you're like, oh, whoops, that was me. Yes. You know what? Marley is like, she's really witty. And she's spicy and she's got kind of, sometimes you want to be really pissed off. And then sometimes you're like, you know what? In five years, I'm going to wish she would have said that. So I'm going to yeah. let this one slide because she just stood up for herself. And then there's Drew and Drew is, Kane is our very, Kane's a bit more serious. And until he really feels comfortable, he won't throw a dart. He yeah. won't like, he's pretty chill, but Drew is honestly, you guys, a certifiable wing nut, which <laughs> Maybe the good Lord or whoever is in the reins upstairs, like controlling all this was like, she's got to have a little bit of what her parents just went through. Yeah, a little bit of payback, just right? give her a little bit of that. Um, cause like he's the- just a wing nut. Like he says, like he says some of the most obscure stuff. Well, like you need someone to I'm entertain like, you. Yeah, We've exactly. Had, everyone's had yeah. you to entertain them. You need a little entertainer. Right. So. And speaking of entertaining, um, um, the last time I saw Shona, her and Jason were the MCs at the Eberle's wedding. Ah, so <laughs> hey, I think I saw a picture of her underneath the podium. Is no, she was underneath. Yes, underneath Lauren's I dress. Was underneath Lauren's we dress. both we both went underneath Lauren's dress, like, and then but so I was sitting at the same table as Shona and Jason, and because um, they had to be close to like the MC yeah. stand, and I was like, VIP. I, yeah, I'm like dying laughing like at everything they're saying, obviously. But then I was like, realized I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be the asshole in the background of all the pictures, like laughing, like just because I'm like right there. I was like, oh no, I gotta like turn my head, like I gotta look away from the cameras. But man, you killed it. The, the jabs you took at Jordan because he had a really bad season, yeah, prior, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, the jabs. I like, I lost it. I was like, I can't believe she just said that. Um, no holding well, back. I was so bad I was that's I said I'm like Ebby I hope you wore your six skin suit because I said you're going down bitch yeah because I'm coming in hot <laughs> but guess what you're one of the only ones that can dish that out yeah in a way where they're not going to be like oof I lost it like I was yeah, ugly laughing yeah. yeah we're not going to be friends anymore. I was ugly laughing so <laughs> do you have any oh god I love you girl <laughs> I love oh, you too love you. we're not going to keep you much longer I have a quick question I know you took your mom on a magical Scandinavian trip oh. was that a bucket oh. list item for you. And I know you've said to me, you have to take, like, you have to go do a trip with your mom. You know what? Um, Coda, is your mom still living? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not even like, this is not even like debatable or thinkable. You, you literally, we're going to hang up from this call minutes from now, and you're both going to look at calendars and you're just going to make it happen. My mom's dream because she, her mom was from, um, Denmark and her, or her mom, sorry, her father was from Denmark and her mother was from, um, Finland. She was Finnish and Danish. And then my dad, it was a Sweden, Finn and Dane with a little mix of German. And her literally, her only bucket list was to travel to Scandinavia and see where her grandmother came from. And, um, she just kept saying, and, and my parents literally ha- don't have two nickels to rub together, but if you ask them for a hundred dollars, they'd give it to you. They're that kind of people. And, 
So I just said, Jason kept saying, you know what? Your mom's going to tell you she can't afford it forever. Just book the trip. So my mom had been saving and it was so stinking cute. And so I phoned her. I'm like, the trips booked, we're going. And she was turning 75 and we started out in Amsterdam and I made her take a toke of a joint. And <laughs> she's like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm like, you're 75. You can't you time, you right? not do it. Uh, I love that <laughs> you got a chance. As soon as we leave here, it's tattoos and hookers. Like, yeah. come on, mom, you're 75. Let's get with the program. Uh, I love yeah, that you, you got, got a chance to do that. We got it. Yeah. We'll try and take our moms on a trip. Exactly. Well, Shona, we seriously love a good dose of you and we need more of it, obviously. I saw the screenshot of your calendar for today, so I know that you are scheduled to the nuts. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Stealing your own own words. Thanks so much for squeezing us in and entertaining everyone and sharing your life and stories with us. We just love you and you're a fucking riot. So you're going to have to come back. So Thanks. yeah. So now Always. hang up. Hang you up the phone. Show love your gorgeous selves. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go send us pictures on the road. Yeah, and yeah. send us I'm, some. I'm gonna titty tattoos and um oh, and, and go headshot. Like you're gonna kay. see this headshot and you're gonna be like, no wonder you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Like God, well, that's love it. Throw up some more. Uh, throw up some more throwback <laughs> pics on your Instagram and good luck. Continued success with Yo Mama. We love you, Thank Shona. You. We love you. Have a Take good day. Care. I love you, ladies. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.